0: Thank God today, and this is Pastor Adams, President and Founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta. And thanks for joining the Truth Matters podcast. And we're just excited, and we take very seriously the charge of being host and attendants of this very vital ministry of contending for the faith that has once and for all been delivered into the saints, according to Jude 3. And if you'd like to visit our website, I want you to write this down: visit Truth Matters Most org, And then you can actually come on and you can uh, uh, give your questions and you can uh, peruse and see all the things that we have going on in our Truth Matters ministries. And if you would like to contact us with questions and if you have prayer requests or if you have comments that you'd like to make about our podcast, you can email us at Matters at truthmattersmost.org. So our website is truthmattersmost.org. And our email is truthmatters at truthmattersmost.org. And before we start our teaching today, as our custom is, we want to pause and we want to pray. Now, Father, we thank you for all of your your greatness. We thank you for all of your many blessings. We thank you for just being God. We thank you, Lord God, that you saw us in your foreordination and your foreknowledge. You knew us and you called us by name. We thank you, Lord God, that there is nothing that's hid from the eyes of him unto whom which we have to do. We thank you, Lord God, that you're faithful in all of your doings. You said, Lord God, that every hair on our head was numbered. You told us that you knew our thoughts are far off. We thank you, Lord God, that every tear that we cry, Lord, you said that you capture them and you store them. We thank you, Lord God, that there is no good thing that you said you would withhold from your people. You said that you would be with us always, even to the end of the world. You said that you would never leave us, never forsake us. We thank you, Lord God, that you've given us, Lord God, a kinship. You called us dear children. You said that we were a peculiar people, that we were a holy nation, that we were a royal people priesthood and that we will show forth your praises and that you translated us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of your dear son. we thank you Lord God that our names have been written in the Lamb's book of life. We thank you for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. you bless everyone who has come and listened to this podcast today. you see the needs Lord God you know those who are suffering you know those who stand in the need of a miracle. Lord God, let your will be done. You are a miracle worker. You be their comfort, their joy. Let them, Lord, anchor in the foundation, the bedrock of your word. We thank you today, Lord God. Those who need stability, Lord God, give them steadfastness. Lord, give them a single hearted mind. Give them them a pinpointed focus. Give them discipline in their living. We pray today, Lord God, that those who listen today will be equipped. They will be energized and they will be fortified to wave your blood-stained banner to represent you in the earth, that they will go out and they will tell men about this great place called heaven that we can obtain through salvation. And before we get into our topic today, true are the words that were spoken By Blaise Pascal Blaise Pascal said Truth is so obscure in these days And falsehoods have been so well established He said unless we love the truth We can't even know them And today we just thank God Today that uh, we're going to be Talking about a topic entitled The truth About heaven The truth about heaven So much has been said and written about eternal life Heaven and hell There are extreme views of this this very vital topic of eternal life in heaven, but our intent in this Truth Matters podcast is to share biblical truths concerning this topic. They're going to be totally independent of religious and denominational biases or postmodernistic thought. And with any topic concerning biblical teachings, we would admonish you to be as the Bereans in Acts 17. Who were the Bereans? Well, Paul said that he commended them. He called them noble because they went and they searched the scriptures to see if the things that even Paul taught were true. And then Paul also admonished the Thessalonians to test all things and after they tested it, only hold fast to that which is good, that which is bona fide, that which is genuine or correct. See, it's disturbing that after attending churches, I've attended churches and I've listened to a million sermons, so many Bible teachings, attended so many revivals and watched television programs about preachers and listened to them on the radios and brought cassettes and CDs. And and out of all of that for 40 years, there's been so little teaching about heaven. Yes, preaching salvation and the penalty of sin and admonishing sinners to repent is crucial and central. There would be no marriage feasts without personal repentance and trust in Christ, redemptive work on Calvary. I'm very aware of that, but we must admit something has been missing from our churches and from our youth programs, and what is it? It's the wondrous truths about heaven. Where are we going to be? What are we are going to do? What is our ultimate destiny? Many surveys have been conducted after people actually left fellowship. They left participating in Sunday worship. They left the visible church and they sought spiritual reality from constructs such as Buddhism, Islam, Christian Science, Yoga, Rosicrucian Theosophy, Astral Projection, etc. See the alarming findings listed the lack of the church really demonstrating biblical literacy which caused many people to become disenchanted, only having a very distorted view about the afterlife. Hmm. If you query most questions today and you ask them questions concerning their perspective of what heaven is, most of them mention a few texts in Revelation and other passages that Christ spoke about concerning there being many mansions. See, too many Christians see heaven as an eternal, never-ending church service a church service where there is constant praise and worship to God. Now from my perspective, that's awesome. That's great. But let's just face it. When you're trying to reach the world, most people see just one hour of a church service is a hard task for them to really endure. But if you tell them that, hey, when you die you're going to be in a, this church service praising God forever and ever and ever, man, people go like, man, forget that. See, Others see it as a place where they're going to be sitting on clouds doing nothing at all. Just some boring, eternal, tranquil existence. Is that all heaven really is? Sitting on clouds, strumming on a harp. To most people, if you compare that to them going to the club where they got their music booming and they got their their, their cocktails there and they're eating food. Man, that's more exciting than, than heaven. On Sunday morning nfl today and fantasy football and pro football that's more exciting than going to church and being in heaven having playstation is more thrilling kicking it with my friends and partying or even having sex and smoking some weed listening to my hip-hop jams is more appealing than what you're talking about heaven see the narrow and distorted portrayal of heaven has caused millions to miss the powerful and wonderful reward that awaits the Christian when we pass from this cursed planet to embrace a perfect, vibrant, exhilarating place, which the Bible describes as heaven. Now, here at Truth Matters, we're ready to take you on a journey through Scripture so you can stand just like Paul, as he mentioned in second timothy 3 7 he says i fought a good fight i finished my course i've kept the faith now i know there's later for me a crown of righteousness was christ the righteous judge is going to give me at that day not to me only but to everybody who loves appearing and then you can also boldly testify just like paul when he said in philippians 1 and 21 for me to live here on the earth i'm gonna live it for christ but when i die it's going to be far better See, we gonna look at what Paul found out to be far better. What was he talking about? He was talking about heaven. Man, we need to start getting excited about heaven. As I began the study of heaven, I sought the finding of great Bible scholars such as Robert Jamieson and Matthew Henry. And I began to, to look at the, the writings of John Wesley. Dr. Julius Manti, Walter Martin, and Ravi Zacharias, just to name a few. I read the Bible and books and articles from the Christian Research Institute and had many of my questions about heaven answered as it relates to Scripture. But it was not until I was exposed to a book by Randy Alcorn that all of the pieces of the mosaic began to come together as it relates to heaven and Scripture. My question is, why should we as People look forward to heaven. See, all of humanity suffers from a disease called mortality. Walter Martin said it this way. He said the death rate is one per person and we all going to make it. See, we don't like that topic of dying yet. Worldwide, three people die every second. Wow, we just had 20 die since I spoke it. 180 die every minute. 11,000 die every hour. And 150,000 people die every day. So since the Bible is true, 150,000 people go to heaven or hell every day. My question is, how many were prepared to die? How many actually made Jesus Christ their Savior who actually paid for their sins? David said in the book of Psalms, the 39th chapter, the 4th and the 5th verse, he said, show me, O Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know. How fleeting is my life! You made my days a mere handbreadth, the span of my years is nothing. Each man's life is but a breath. And my question to my listening audience today, do you know how fleeting your life is? Do you realize that you're here, your years here on earth is nothing compared to eternity? See, most of our study today will focus on the eternal heaven. What do you mean? The place where we will live forever after the final resurrection of our bodies. But due to the fact that we have all had loved ones die, I had my daughter die. I had my mother, my father, my cousins, my uncles have died. And since they've died, unless Christ returns first, Every one of us is going to die. We will consider what scripture teaches about the immediate place that we go when we die. What is that immediate place? This is called in theological terms, the intermediate state. I want you to write that down. It's a transitional period between our past life here on earth and our future resurrection to life on the new earth. Please write that down. See, when we refer to heaven, we mean the place that Christians go when they die. This is also the present heaven. So the present heaven and the intermediate state is the heaven that we're going to talk about first. See, this is the temporary place where we will dwell prior to our bodies being resurrected. This is what Paul said was far better than living in sin in a cursed world with no direct presence of God in the midst although better than the earth it is not the place that we were made for it is not the place that God promised to refashion for us to live in forever pay attention here God's people are destined for life as resurrected beings where In a resurrected earth, we can't lose sight of our true final destination. See, the question naturally arises, will we live forever in heaven? Well, the answer depends upon what we mean by heaven. We will be with our Lord forever. Absolutely. We will be with him in exactly the same place that heaven is now. Will we we be in the same place where heaven is now? No, we won't be. See, in the present heaven, we will be in Christ's presence, joyfully communing with our Savior. But while we're joyfully communing with our Savior, we're going to be still looking forward to our bodily resurrection and then our permanent relocation to the new earth. Now, I know, Pastor Adams, you didn't say no new earth. This sounds like some of that stuff those Jehovah's Witnesses was talking about. But I want you to stay with me here because the Bible says you will know the truth and knowing the truth is going to make you free. See, this bears some commentary of what will be clearly analyzed later in this episode. When Christians die, they will not go directly to an eternal heaven in which they will live forever. Instead, they will go to the present heaven in the intermediate state. And in that heaven, they will abide with all believers who trusted in the efficacious blood of Jesus Christ, where we will joyously commune with Christ, waiting for Christ to return to the earth, our resurrection, and our final judgment. Be mindful of that. See, these truths have been largely missing from so many pulpits and churches. And as a result, the biblical teaching seems strange when you hear it. But the biblical position is so rich in contrast to the traditional presentation about mansions in heaven and being on some billowy cloud where there is a constant 24 hour church service. See there will be a new kind of unification of heaven and earth. There's going to be a joining together of the heavens and the earth in this new creation. Randy Aircorn in his book mentions the analogy of imagining if you were living in a homeless shelter in Miami. Just imagine this for a minute. And one day you inherited a beautiful, fully furnished mansion in a place like Santa Barbara, California. Along with that, you also receive a very high paying job that fulfills what your life passion is as it relates to work or a career. And not only that, in this place in santa barbara california you got a lot of your relatives who live nearby now during your flight to santa barbara you have a flight change or stop off in dallas some of your other relatives who are on their way to santa barbara they meet you in dallas and they're about to move to santa barbara as well now when you were in miami and you checked your bags in the ticket counter agent asked what is your destination What did you answer? You didn't say Dallas, did you? No. Although I'm stopping in Dallas, my final destination is Santa Barbara by way of Dallas. So it is with the present heaven. It is not the final destination. The future heaven is. If one would ask what is heaven like, I have two different answers. The present heaven is the angelic realm. Please write this down and the future heaven is in the anthropomorphic or the human realm here on earth, then the dwelling place of God will be the dwelling place of humanity in a resurrected universe. Revelation 21 and 3 reveals, he says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God I want you to notice something today the new Jerusalem will come down from heaven from God to the new earth. That's right. Chew on that for a minute. Just chew on it. And after you chew on it, swallow it and let it digest. Theologian Anthony of he writes this. He says, so heaven and earth now separated will then be merged. The new earth will also be heaven since God dwells with his people. See, glorified believers will continue to be in heaven while on the earth. It seems clear that where God is and where God sits on his throne is always heaven. See, this fits perfectly with the context of scripture. God could have brought Adam to earth to visit with him in his world. But instead, God came down to walk with Adam in his world which is the earth. This is the restoration of paradise lost through Adam's fall and paradise regained through the second Adam, Jesus Christ. See, John fourteen twenty three tells us, My Father will love him and will come to him and will make his home with him. Who? Man. See, most views of heaven is anti-incarnational which fails to see that God came in human form to identify and redeem mankind. And the new heaven and new earth are about God making time and space his eternal home. We must see the distinction of the present heaven is up there and the eternal heaven is down here. And the question is, is heaven, what is heaven up a physical place is it similar to earth's composition and structure well revelation 7 and 9 speaks of there being palm and musical instruments in heaven revelation 8 and 6 tells us that there's going to be horses in heaven listen to what revelation 19 and 14 it says it speaks of a flying eagle in heaven many commentators suggest that this text they're just symbolic apocalyptic literature this can be debated vigorously But Hebrews is not an apocalyptic book. It's what is called epistolary, which means it says something quite revealing. Listen to what Hebrews 8 and 5 says. It reveals that earthly priests serve at the sanctuary that is a shadow of what is in heaven. Moses was told to build a sanctuary after the pattern shown to him in the mountain. If the tabernacle that was built was physical, then the pattern was surely physical as well. When Jesus told the thief in Matthew 23, 43, Today you're going to be with me in paradise. It comes from the Persian word, which is paradisia, which means a walled park or an enclosed garden. It was used when describing King Cyrus walled gardens in his royal palace. Now, if you read the Septuagint, it is used to describe the Garden of Eden. The same word that's rendered paradise. And today in this Truth Matters podcast, as we uh, began to wind it up for the day, we want to talk about what is called the New Jerusalem. See, the Bible describes a place where God and his people would dwell as a city. We all know what a city is. It's a place that contains people and Buildings and streets and walls and parks and arenas, theaters. It has cultural events and places for gatherings and athletic events, etc. See, a city is the center of the future heaven. It's called the New Jerusalem. It is described as being walled and secured by our God. Let's look at the dimensions of this city that God speaks about in Revelation. Its dimensions are amazing. Imagine this, stretching from Mexico to Canada, north and south, and from the Appalachian Mountains to California, east and west. The size is 2 million square miles. One city, 2 million square miles, which is 40 times larger than England. And 15,000 times bigger than London and this is just the ground level given the dimensions of the 1400s mile cube it is a reminder of the shape of the most holy place in the temple according to first Corinth. excuse me first Kings 6 and 20. See many suggest that the city is purely symbolic or metaphoric imagery and not a literal city but we must be cautious to dismiss a literal description see a street paved with gold could be literal and still symbolize something else as well and see paul affirms that christians will be citizens of this city country in philippians 3 and 20. A question was asked about heaven will we experience time there well a theologian once said what a relief and joy to know that in heaven there will be no more time Where did we get this teaching from in the church? See, it primarily comes from a mistranslation of the King James Version in Revelation 10 and 6. Look at that when you get a moment. And what it says is, there shall be time no longer. I know I was taught this and I always read the King James Version and concluded that in heaven, there would be no more time since we all will be in the realm of living eternally. It made perfect sense, right? But the Kenneth wees, the Amplify, the NASB and the NIV Bible translate translations, they translate the text this way. There will be no more delay, which does not mean that time will stop, but there will be no more delay in God's judgment. See, Scripture mentions several references of there being time in heaven. See, we as Christians must never confuse eternity with infinity don't do that. No, just say it again, Pastor Adam. See, we as Christians must never confuse eternity with infinity. We will live eternally as finite beings. Only God is infinite or outside of time. We will live in a chronological sequence where one event is followed by another in time. The Bible says, yes, that's true. See, It has been surmised that time was a result of the curse and the fallen state that took place in the garden. Remember, Adam was never outside of time, and time was not a result of Adam's fallen state. God, who is outside of time and can access the past and the present and the future we can only remember the past and anticipate the future but only live in the present time is our environment just as fish can't live outside of water man cannot survive outside of time and space in the new heaven time is gain not pain we will never run out of time the passing of time won't threaten an eternal being in his place we will live in time but no longer feeling its pressure like I'm in, I'm a minute, I say, what time is it? I'm at work and how much time before I get off work and man, I'm, I'm at, I'm at this resort and I'm here for two weeks and then I'm getting down to my last day and oh, my time is running out. We'll never ever feel the pressure of time. We will be lost in heaven face to face with our Lord, the creator of the universe who has all knowledge, power and insight. We will never have to peek at a watch, worry about the hour or feel rushed. Time is a dimension in which we will enjoy God. See, time is the mold of our created human existence. Sin led us to the fact that we were all laborers subject to time, and we spend a hurried existence between past and the future. But the consummation as the glorification of existence will not mean that we're taken out of time and delivered from time, but that time as the form of our glorified existence will also be fulfilled filled and glorified. Consummation means to live again in succession of past, present, and future. But in a way, that the past moves along with us as a blessing and the future radiates through the present so that we strive without restlessness and rest without idleness and so that although always progressing, we will always be at our destination. So time We'll have no more delay, but we will experience time in heaven. And we're going to be sharing so many things in our next podcast about heaven. And man, I tell you, you put you just hold on. Make sure you strap yourself in because I tell you, this thing gets better and better. We're going to be sharing with you about who will be in heaven. What will be what will be male and female? We're going to answer questions about what would be What age will we be in heaven? Are we going to eat and drink in heaven? Will we work jobs in heaven? Will there be reunions in heaven? Will there be marriage and families in heaven? We're also going to be exploring, will there be uh, a a reunification with infants in heaven? Will there be animals in heaven? All those questions, we're going to talk and share that in our next podcast on this great study of heaven. What a wondrous world wondrous revelation that God has given us concerning heaven and we just thank you for tuning into this podcast today remember if you have any questions if you want to make any comments you can just simply go to our website or you can uh, email us at truth matters at truthmattersmost.org and you can give us your questions or your comments and we just ask that you would pray for us and anyone today uh, who needs prayer Just simply uh, contact us at that website and we'll be so glad to, uh, to help you and pray with you and answer your questions. So God bless you. You pray for us until we can come back together again on this very wondrous topic entitled The Truth About Heaven.